Hello everyone, Pastor Cooper here, and welcome to The Midweek, uh, one of CFC's kind of podcast episode stylings in our CFC podcast channel. Um, This is simply just an opportunity for myself, Pastor Mark, and other guests to talk more um, from our Sunday messages or from other cultural moments that are happening, and to do so from a biblical perspective. Well, right now, um, we just started a summer series in the month of June, the rest of summer, in the book of Romans. And so we're going to be doing a lot of just unpacking more of what Paul is saying to the church in Rome and just some of the deep theological things that are there. So throughout this summer, we're going to be talking more and more about the book of Romans, unpacking some of those real deep theological nuggets that are there. And so we are excited about this. Uh, We might have some other little kind of episodes here and there throughout the summer. But I want to also say we have scripture journals and other journaling methods um, for you to use just to help dive into the book of Romans during this series. We're calling it The Simple Gospel. That's the book of Romans, The Simple Gospel, and how Paul really gives that theme throughout his entire letter. So, um, yeah, so coming up, here is this week's episode. Well, again, welcome to the Midweek Podcast, and uh, today we're going to be kind of diving into Romans chapter 6. This last Sunday, Pastor Kate gave a great message um, based in Romans 6 and Romans 7, um, and it was on 4th of July. It's really about the freedom we have in Jesus, um, and so it, w- it was a great message, and it was a cool kind of, I guess, implementation. Um, Response. Yeah, where Mark built a little cross in the front, and people can take a card that had a um, verse on it. I think it was Galatians... 220? 220, is that what it was? Okay, yeah. P- perfect. And then I you think. can... Right it wasn't 22, so <laughs> it must have been 220. <laughs> we'll go with that. Maybe, maybe we should double check <laughs> that verse. So. What, you put that verse on there? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I think it was 220. Um, but, yeah, it was cool because people could write some things in the back of that card, some things they have freedom from or need freedom from or even a name of a person to um, come to the freedom of Jesus, and they would nail that on the cross and um, just have a little moment of response time and stuff. So is it Galatians yeah, 2.20? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've been crucified with Christ, and yes. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Good. What was what was the other verse? Just like, what, what, what could know. it have been? <laughs> well, it couldn't have been 22 because <laughs> no, there's right. only six chapters in Galatians, yeah. and I don't know what the other one would have been. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah. So, yeah, so it was 4th of July this last weekend. Yeah. And, um, Hopefully, had a happy fourth. Yeah, yeah, and obviously it's different because it's hot, dry, so not as many yeah. fireworks, which is good. And so, kind of in that context, we're recording right now on Tuesday, yep. um, July sixth, and yesterday was the start of that massive fire, yeah, big right, Andrus fire. Yeah, right there in the backyard of Cheney, mm-hmm. but literally in the backyards mm-hmm. of people from our church and yeah. our community that were just kind of ready to experience the worst, but. Man, I, I would say miracles happened. Yeah. Um, it nothing, nothing bad happened. I mean, not a single structure has yeah, burned yet. Yeah, there was any one little tiny shed yeah. in the outbuilding. Um, but it was like if the fire was to burn in any place, this was the place in the path of right. like no, no disaster, yeah. which is crazy. where no houses were. Yeah, yeah. right down a ravine or. Kind of no houses yeah. were built, and yeah. yeah, the wind shifted at perfectly at, at different, different times. Yeah, just kind yep. of like oh, like somebody's in control. Of this, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and obviously we have a great amount of resources in our area. There was seven planes and two helicopters, and it yeah. was just nuts. So, and I know we've been contacting lots of people, and I'm sure 
those who are listening maybe have been in that area or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was crazy yeah. for a moment. So. Yeah, and I'm just glad everybody's safe and healthy and everybody's doing good so far. And yeah. it looks like it's doing good today. Wind's not blowing as bad and, mm-hmm. and uh, they're containing it well. So Yeah, yeah today's Wednesday. And we're recording around two o'clock. Or no, today's Tuesday. Today's we, Tuesday. Yeah. I don't know what day. I'm It'll there. air on Wednesday. Though. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, it's about two o'clock, and I think from what we last heard is they pretty much had it surrounded, and they were just now yep. starting to get after it and kind yeah. of. They weren't. It seemed like what they the report said they weren't worried about it expanding. Right. I mean, yeah. so that's that's huge. So yeah, shout out to all of our firefighters, in the local and state areas, and yeah. Yeah, you guys are rocking it. Yep. Thanks for, for sure. getting those hot spots today. Yeah. Making sure nothing flares up. Yeah. That's good stuff. So, well, we're going to dive in to a discussion probably mostly based in Romans chapter 6. And there's a lot of cool theology in this. It talks a lot about baptism, but also just this concept of grace and sin. And if I keep sinning, there's lots of grace. So what does that mean? Do I just keep sinning? Or like, yeah. what should I stop? Like... Mm-hmm. All these concepts and all these thoughts um, Paul talks about and goes a little bit in depth into here. Um, and Pastor Kate did a great job again in her message um, on, on Sunday talking through chapter 6 and into chapter 7. And so we're going to kind of just take chapter 6 mostly and just kind of unpack some of the things um, about that. But uh, Mark, you kind of mentioned right off the top how Paul just talks about this concept of grace and sinning. Mm-hmm. And let me just even go to, to Romans 6.1. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Right. That's his opening question of this yeah. chapter. And obviously it's connected in chapter 5 to what he's saying before. So yeah. The question there, so should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more grace? What's what's being said there and what's kind of his answer to yeah. that? Yeah, so there's there's two questions in the chapter about grace, and this is the first one. Should we keep sinning so the grace can increase? And and the thought there, and this would be, this would kind of be the thought that the Gentiles were thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Is if grace is so good and grace is such an awesome thing, then shouldn't we allow grace or or put ourselves in places where God's grace can freely work and operate in our lives as much as humanly possible if grace is such a good thing? Sure. And the way that you would let grace continue to work and work and work in you is through God's forgiveness, right? So then it makes it kind of, in a way, maybe logically makes sense that, okay, so then I should keep sinning and keep asking for grace so that God's grace forgives me, mm-hmm. and I'm good again because grace is such a cool thing. And Paul is kind of helping with, with that argument and with that understanding that, wait a second, um, sa- kind of sounds logical maybe, but no, that's that's not why Jesus came mm-hmm. and died for you. He didn't die for you so that you could keep sinning. Mm-hmm. He died for you so that you wouldn't have so you would have power over sin so you wouldn't have so you wouldn't sin anymore um and so he's trying to work that side of the argument later in the middle of the chapter he's going to work another side of the argument um but in this one you know it's it's this understanding that you know do i just keep sinning so that god's grace can abound more and more and um by the way i i think this is even a 
concept and an idea that I've heard today, you know, that Mm -hmm. it, you know, it's okay. Um, what I'm doing, cause God will forgive me. Mm -hmm. And Paul would say, what? (laughs) No, 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 no. That's, Mm -hmm. that's not, that's not why you sin. You don't sin because you know, God's going to forgive you. Um, the sin should always be accidental, not purposeful. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so I think Paul is referring here to these concepts and ideas where we probably give sin way more control and way mm-hmm. more opportunity in our lives than we should. And he's also going to kind of launch into this when we talk about baptism and resurrection, death and resurrection, mm-hmm. about what what these things have really done in our lives. And so his first one is is really debunking this idea that we should keep sinning to allow God's grace yeah. to work. Yeah, because in verse 2, he just answers his rhetorical question. He does, yeah. Of course not, since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Mm-hmm. So I guess the question I have, even from verse 2, um, died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? I, st- I still sin. Like, I still right. mess up. So, so, what, so what is he meaning there that, We've died to sin. Does that mean like there's no more sin ever in our life? No. Um, so what, what's kind of that concept? Mm-hmm. Even So the idea is how can we continue to live in mm-hmm. it is that I would continue in a sin that I right. know is not correct. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, did he talk about a couple chapters earlier that uh, if you steal, if, if you steal, you steal should steal no longer. Mm-hmm. Right. And he uses that as an example. So if, if you are living in a sin and that you, you think you can continue to live in that, the answer is mm-hmm. no, no, you mm-hmm. can't continue to live in that. Jesus came to break that, that cycle in your life. He came to break that power of sin in your life. Mm-hmm. If this is something you've continued to do all the time, then Jesus is, wants to break that in you. If you're right. a compulsive liar, Right. And Paul would say, no, that's not who you are anymore. Mm-hmm. You're a child of the king. And so you, you that doesn't have control mm-hmm. over you now. The righteousness yeah. and purity of Christ has control of you. And so you should not continue to be a liar. Mm-hmm. It right. should not rule your life anymore. Yeah. Well, that really plays into like you say, he's talking to the Gentiles. Really right. In this section. Yes. And they're coming from a temple idolatry culture. Exactly. Where they're coming from this thing of like, well, that was like, that's my job. That's my career. Right. Like, that's what I do. That's what I make my money in. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you're, you're dead to that sinful lifestyle. You don't live in it anymore. And that's when he goes right. into the concept of baptism and what that represents of how we were joined with Christ in baptism. We were joined him in his death. And then we were raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father. So now we have new lives. I think what's powerful in that and to even think about the historical context, the Gentiles, but then in our current cultural context yeah, is when we say yes to Jesus and we are baptized because scripture calls us to do that, to be baptized by water. We're saying like God's ways are higher than my ways. Right. And so we're, we're saying no to our old ways. Mm-hmm. We're saying no to what we think is right. Or we're saying no to what, we feel is right. And we're mm-hmm. saying God's word, God's ways are higher than right. that. And that's a big deal for these Gentiles. Definitely. It's a whole, it's a life change. And I think in our current culture, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's a big deal. Cause there's, there's cultural situations. Mm-hmm. Let's just, I mean, with the LGBTQ culture and just that lifestyle, people will say, well, yes, I believe in Jesus. I'm baptized, but man, I really think people should love who they want to love. Right. And I feel like that's okay. And I feel like people should change mm-hmm. their genders. And, and, all and that I stuff. can continue in that. 
Correct. And I can yep. live. I can live that. this way. Yeah. And I think Paul is saying like, no. And he obviously already declared that that is a sin. Right. In chapter one, chapter mm-hmm. two. He's like, you don't live in that sin. Right. It's who you were. You might have a struggle. Not who you are. You might have a struggle in that yeah. particular thing. Mm-hmm. You don't live in it. And right. so when you declare Jesus your Lord and Savior, you're baptized and you're all in. That's a pretty finality moment. Yeah. In your in your faith walk of saying like, that's not a part mm-hmm. of my life anymore, mm-hmm. and to live out in a freedom from sin, right, and from those things that hold us back is huge. And I think that's what kind of yeah Paul's going into, which is super super powerful. And I think when we go back a couple of chapters too, mm-hmm. we'll remember that there were several times where Paul made this this idea and this argument that you know what God says is the truth. Yeah. And what we believe in the world is a lie. And we have a choice. We have to live in the truth of what God has established. And mm-hmm. what we can also see in the Old Testament law, uh, it reveals the truth to us. Mm-hmm. And so we we have to recognize, I'm not going to continue to live in a lie anymore. I'm Or in my flesh or my selfishness mm-hmm. or my um, my pride that says, I can do it on my own. I can live life on my own. I don't live life that way anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I live life in Christ. I'm joined to Christ in my baptism, right? I'm, yeah. I'm in a relationship now with the creator of the universe, with Jesus Christ, my Savior. And he's doing a great work of refinement in mm-hmm. me. And that means that I'm going to be moving away from sin and moving more towards purity and righteousness mm-hmm. and holiness. And and um, I think what, what the Gentiles... We're just not understanding yet is that mm-hmm. they needed to be they needed to be on that path. Right. They needed to be on this understanding that I'm transforming myself and my mind so that I can understand good God's good, pleasing and perfect will for my life mm-hmm. that Paul will talk about in chapter twelve. Right. But that I and I think Paul's setting some of that up for that practice that he'll talk about mm-hmm. later in the book. But and you know, just making a point that um and, and I can understand it as the Gentiles. Like you're coming into this whole new idea of how to live life and they're just trying to figure it out. And so Paul's mm-hmm. helping them figure that out, figure that out by saying, no, God's, God's grace is, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. It is wonderful, but it's not there to help you continue to sin. It's mm-hmm. there to help you to be free from it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So as he's talking about baptism there in verses three and four and then into five as well, it's assumed it's like he's he's talking about it in the language of like this is what you do this right. is a part of just yeah being a Christ follower like mm-hmm. looking for Jesus is being baptized because he says or have you forgotten that when we were joined so he's like assuming you've already done this Correct. so did you forget about what you did right. earlier where sometimes in our current culture baptism is kind of like an afterthought Mm-hmm. Um, not not really an afterthought, but it's more of like, hey, have you done this? Right. Um, Paul is just saying like, you have done this, so have you forgotten about it? Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so I guess what would be your encouragement for somebody who has heard about baptism, mm-hmm. maybe was baptized as a young young kid, maybe didn't really quite understand it or whatever, mm-hmm. but I was like, I don't know if I need to get baptized again. I did it when I was like eight or seven. Mm-hmm. Is that something I should do? Or maybe a person who has never been baptized. We're like, I, I mean, right. I'm, I'm saved, so 
So why would I get baptized? Right. Um, what would be kind of some of your direction, encouragement mm-hmm. towards baptism? Well, I think water baptism is huge. We're going to see why in these verses. Um, there's a very, very important message and belief mm-hmm. that you are understanding in water baptism. It's not just, uh, I don't think it's an option. <laughs> it's something we are called to obedience to. Um, similar to being free from sin, similar to uh, financial giving, uh, similar to you know just saying yes to Jesus in all areas of our life, water baptism is the same. It's not really an option. It's it's something we are obedient to. You know, the Great Commission says that we become a disciple, and we understand this discipleship as we are water baptized. And as we obey the teachings that Christ has given us. So those two things are pretty prevalent and pretty important. And there's um, in verse 3 and verse Mm 4, Paul in verse 2 as well, he's making a point with water baptism. And the point that he's making is when you got water baptized, you declared something to the public and you declared something to yourself Mm -hmm. that is extremely important. And that is that you died to sin. You died to sin. Water baptism is a reminder for us that we were joined to Jesus' death. And when we're joined to his death, he paid for our sin in his death. And that as we come out of the water, we are entering a new life. So there's this symbolism that is symbolic, but it's also an incredibly important understanding for us that when we entered the water of baptism, we are literally dying to our sin. Mm -hmm. It's this moment where, and you could almost say, if I held you under, you die, right? (laughs) Right. That's what would happen. If we held you under, you would die. That's the symbolism, right? Mm -hmm. When you go under, if I held you under, you die. When you go under, you're dead to your sin. That's what we're saying. You're dead to your sin now. And as we pull you out of this water, you're a new person. Mm-hmm. You're a totally new person that no longer sees your sin as something I want to do and I want to enter into and I want it to continue to be a part of my life. No, I'm the opposite of that now. I'm, I'm a new creation in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. The old is gone. The new has come. And the new is the glorious power of Jesus Christ in my life that's made my life a new life. And I can now, I literally now have the power over my sin if I want to live that way. Um, And so we can continue to live um, free from the power of sin. Now, the Mm -hmm. practical part is we are going to make mistakes. That's just, that's going to happen. I mean, we, we are going to randomly and practically, we are going to sin. But it's not my passion anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not my motivation in the morning when I wake up anymore. It's not what I'm desiring constantly mm-hmm. anymore. I'm I'm now desiring the righteous and pure life that God has for me, mm-hmm. not to be stuck in a sin. And that's the difference, and that's what Paul's talking about. Yeah, that's good. So on the topic of baptism, um, is this essential for a person's salvation? When it comes to the topic of, of baptism, yeah. they have to be baptized to go to heaven. Yeah. So that that's a that's a big topic and that's a big challenge. I, I would say kind the the reality of that would be probably no, because mm-hmm. 
we are not saved because of something we do. Right. We're saved because of something Jesus did. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's important to, um, to understand Mm -hmm. that we're saved because of the cross and the resurrection. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jesus mentioned to the thief on the cross, you know, you'll be with me today in paradise when he asked if he could be with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus didn't say, Oh darn shucks. You you know, you missed your water baptism. You can't make it. Um, At the same time, if, if you ask me, you know, does that mean then that I shouldn't get water baptized? Then the answer is no as well. Right. Like this isn't something that you say um, no to. For instance, if you said, well, I'm saved and this means I get to kind of, I get to just keep stealing, right? And the answer is no. Or I get to do, now I get to do whatever I want. The answer is no. Now I get to do what Jesus wants. And Jesus wants me to be water baptized. Jesus wants me to have this purposeful moment in my life where I show the world that I'm dead to sin and I'm alive to Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that he... It's, it's, by the way, it's also a command in Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's not seen... And that's why Paul's talking about it this way. He's not, right, right. He's not talking about it as, a, um, as, an you know, as an option. Yeah, like, hey, if you feel like it, yeah. One day you might want to get water baptized. Mm-hmm. He doesn't see it like that. He sees it as a command. And so mm-hmm. did all of the New Testament yeah. writers. Um, and so yeah. did Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. So water baptism is, it's a command. It's, and it's a point of obedience to God. Mm-hmm. That, that when, I get, when I get saved and when I say yes to Jesus, this is a point of, of a moment in my life where I, continue in obedience to Jesus Christ. So it's not something that um, saves you, mm-hmm. but it's something that I definitely need to obedient, be obedient mm-hmm. to Jesus in. Just like anything else, I mean, that we're called to be obedient to Jesus in. It's not the very thing that saves us. The cross right. and the resurrection are the very things that save mm-hmm. us. But Christ calls us to be obedient to those things. Yeah, that's good. And I think what's, what's a good reminder too, like later on in chapter 6, kind of in verse 12 where he says, do not let sin control the way you live. Mm-hmm. He's also re-bringing in the concept that like there's still going to be some sin right. in your life, but it's about your, your living. Mm-hmm. Like he said in verse two, you don't live in it. Right. He's in verse 12. Don't let sin control the way you live. Yeah. Do not give in to sinful desires. So he understands life is life and yeah. we're human and we have a flesh and there's this, spiritual battle and all those things. Mm -hmm. But he's really, really like pointed to say like, this shouldn't be your life direction. Right. By any means. Yeah. And it shouldn't like, like like you said, it shouldn't be what is your passion. Yeah. It's not what's Um, motivating me anymore. Yeah. 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 And so one of the the notes you kind of wrote on there is Paul really talks about the significance of Jesus's death and resurrection in our lives. And kind of just mentioned that right now. But in that section, um, he uses a lot of the language of slave. He does. Because um, that yeah. was kind of their cultural moment. It, it was their culture, and yeah. Kate kind of explained that, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit historically and whatnot. But but why is this so significant in the language that he's using in this to really drive yeah. this point home? Yeah. It's significant because the idea of a slave is that you have a master. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the point. And that's what he's... That's why he brings in this illustration that as a slave, you have a master and like it or not, voluntary slavery or involuntary slavery, 
you have a master. Mm -hmm. And a, a voluntary servant or slave could say, I'm choosing my master. Mm -hmm. um, an involuntary slave could be, I'm, I'm stuck with this master and I can't help it. But regardless of which one you are, the one fact remains, I'm called to obedience to that master. Mm -hmm. that's, that's who I am. That's my life now. Mm -hmm. And whether I'm choosing that or whether I didn't choose that, that's the truth. And so what Paul is saying is all of us get to choose who I'm going to let be my master. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm a slave or not, I get to choose because there's always a greater master. And that's what Paul's pulling us up to. And that is the greater master is God himself. Mm -hmm. And I can choose to let him be my master because there's also the law of the power of sin and it can be at work in my life. And if I say yes to sin and no to God, then, then sin's my master mm -hmm. and I'm going to do what it tells me to do and I won't be able to control it. It will control me. It will be my master and I will mm -hmm. become obedient to it. I will become obedient to the sinful lifestyle that's in front of me, and I won't be able to control it. It will dominate my life, and it will take over my life, and it will eventually, as Scripture says, right, lead to death, mm -hmm. not to life, but to death. And so what Paul is saying is we need to notice that. We need to understand that, that the repercussions of sin Verse 23, right? The wages mm -hmm. of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm -hmm. Th this is what Paul is talking about. We, we want to be people that live free. And the only way that you can live free from your sin is to say yes to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Let Jesus break the power of sin in your life mm -hmm. and you start to live for Jesus. And yeah. then you discover a greater master. You understand the master who is God, your father, your creator, your savior, and he's good and he's kind and he's gentle and he's faithful and he's also a good disciplinarian. <laughs> he knows how to, you know, get my attention and help me go, oh, I need to fix that. Um, but this is who God is. He's a good master and I would want to say yes to him. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what Paul is talking about. I, I'm breaking myself of the harsh master that is sin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a, a question kind of within that section too that sometimes can come up. Um, so in verses 12 and 13, really I guess it's, it's verse 13. He says, Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. um, one of the, the questions can come from this concept of if there's a non-Christian, can they do good things mm. that glorify God? Mm -hmm. Or is only a Christian able to do something that glorifies God? Mm -hmm. Let's just say like caring for the homeless or the widow or the orphan. Right. Um, can a non-Christian do that? Does, that? does that glorify God? Right. Or is that like null and void because yeah. they don't have, they're not a Christian or whatnot, right. you know? 
Um, yeah, I would kind of divide that into two categories. I think mm-hmm. that what they do obviously glorifies God because there's things that God asks us to yeah. do as humanity. Mm-hmm. So I would say yes, that being kind one to another, caring for one another, mm-hmm. um, caring for the orphan and the widow, um, all of those things are things that God mm-hmm. told us to do. So even as a non-believer, if I'm choosing to do that, I'm actually doing a godly thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing the godly thing because I want to do the godly thing. I'm just doing it because I'm a nice person. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably not saved, mm-hmm. which is, in the end, is the most important thing. But I can choose to do godly things. For instance, another big one is, could I follow all the financial principles in God's word and end up in a great financial place? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Because I'm following the truth about how financial responsibility works. Could I follow all of the things in God's word about parenting and be a good parent and raise good kids? Absolutely. But that doesn't mean I've said yes to Jesus. See, God's truth is the truth no matter what. Mm-hmm. No matter what is God's truth. But that doesn't mean I said, I've said yes to Jesus. It doesn't mean I've said yes to the truth mm-hmm. that Jesus is my Savior. I might be living in a different truth, but I'm not living in the ultimate truth, which is Mm -hmm. that I need to believe that Jesus Christ is my Savior, my Lord, and I'm going to serve him and make him my Lord and Savior. And um, I'm going to stop sinning. I'm going to start doing what's right. I'm not going to do what's wrong anymore. I'm not going to live in evil. I'm going to live in the goodness of God Mm -hmm. and the wrath of God and the, um, the, the, uh, the consequences of my Mm -hmm. sin are no longer a part of my life because I said yes to Jesus. Yeah. By the way, that that is something that is free and easy to do, mm-hmm. but it's hard at the same time because I think it's the challenge can be like I can be a really good person and it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel good on the inside because I'm helping someone, mm-hmm. but having to surrender my whole life to Jesus is a whole nother different story. Mm-hmm. Um, and much more difficult to say, wait a second, I'm going to give Jesus control of my whole life and I'm going to serve him completely. So you had that concept of giving yourself completely to God. And in Romans 6, uh, verse 13 in my version, uh, it says, you know, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. And I think, man, that's some of the hardest things that we see in the church is people can be a Christian, a church-going member, let's say, for years mm-hmm. and years, but really have yet to give themselves completely to God yeah, and to say, like, yes to Jesus in all areas of their life. Mm-hmm. Or they might be a gossip, and they're just right. kind of a mean, angry person and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, I love how just Paul just always just hits directly to every every little kind of, um, context that the mm-hmm. church might th- be in, like especially in this. What are the Romans? He's got the the very like legalistic, you know, right. uh, Jewish people. Then he's got the real, uh, f- you know, loosey goosey, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever it would be like grace based <laughs> Gentiles yeah. and stuff. And he's like, no matter what, you got to give yourself completely to God in this. Like that is the thing. And like like you just mentioned, that's hard to do. Um, but the Holy Spirit is the key right. to those things to allow us. Yeah. to empower us to do those things right? and to give ourselves completely to God. Yeah, I think you're right. Even the next phrase for you were dead, but now you have new life. I think that's the challenge, right? Mm-hmm. The challenge is always killing off my old self yeah. and walking in the newness of life that the Holy Spirit has for me mm-hmm. that he's going to start talking about in chapter 8. 
but we've all been used to living that old life Mm -hmm. and it just sneaks up on you and has control of you. And similar to like, you can, it's interesting how, what you just mentioned, sometimes you can be an older believer and there's certain things in your life that you've got a pretty good hold on. And there can be other things in your life that you just don't do very well. Mm-hmm. And um, and by the way, you mentioned one, gossip has to, happens to be a bad one, like, right? Like, mm-hmm. it seems to be one that continues in the church, even though people have been a believer for quite a while. And why is that? Why haven't I said no to that? Mm-hmm. Why haven't I said, no, that's not going to be a part of my yeah. life? And it's part of just saying, oh, gosh, I kind of like that old part of my mm-hmm. life. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like... Uh, being in control. And when I gossip about someone, I feel like I'm in control Mm -hmm. and I feel like I have power over that person. Mm -hmm. And so I like, I like the way that that feels instead of saying, no, I need to be humble and kind and gentle. Um, Those are so counterintuitive to our emotions and our feelings Mm -hmm. and to our world. The other challenge is we live in a world, um, if you're spending any time on social media, before you know it, you're going to want to gossip because that's all. It's just a gigantic <laughs> gossip tree, right? Yeah. So, and and that's just true. I mean, different places in our world where we hang out in that place long enough, there's always going to be some sort of sinful lifestyle that's going to try to attach sure. t- to us. Mm-hmm. And um, we just have to watch out for those things and choose to live in the new life instead of yeah. instead of the yeah. old. Yeah, so I want to kind of move forward a little bit mm-hmm. into chapter 7. Um, I think the first bit of chapter 7, we've kind of addressed in a couple of our podcast um, episodes. It just, I mean, the heading for my translation is no longer bound to the law. And it really, again, drives home that point that it's not about the law, it's about Jesus. Right. But I want to go down to the bottom of chapter 7. And when Kate gave her message on Sunday, she kind of mentioned this is the most relatable <laughs> like right. phrasing that... Um, Paul has written in his Mm -hmm. letters to the church. And it's kind of that, this famous section of like, I want to do something that's right, but I end up doing something that's wrong. And I just go back and forth and I waffle and blah, blah, blah. And so he talks about like his struggle with sin still. And so I want to kind of put two thoughts. So we just talked about how we're dead to sin. Like that's not a part of our life. But then I want to read um, starting in verse 21 of chapter seven, what Paul says, he says, I've discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I never do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? My first thought is like, wait, I thought you just said we were like <laughs> dead to sin. Yeah. And like we were baptized and all this stuff. Like, isn't that like, you know, nothing? Mm-hmm. He says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. See, so you see how it is in my mind. I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. All right. So is, is he like going back on what he said in, yeah, in chapter six, yeah. you know, cause that could be like the easy, like, mm-hmm. wait, what? Yeah. I thought we were dead to sin. Like what's going on here? Right. Kate talked about it yesterday in a good way that there's, there's two things working here that Paul's working. And that is our position in Christ and our practice in Christ. Mm-hmm. And up above in chapter six, he's really talking about my posi- our position, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Positionally, this is how God sees us. Yeah. He sees us um, ha- that the power of sin is broken in our life 
and we are totally free to enter heaven and to receive eternal life mm-hmm. because of what Je- because we have connected ourselves, uh, and that's why water baptism is important. We've connected ourselves to Jesus' death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. Because of that, positionally, we already have a place in heaven. Like we already have a place in yeah. in heaven, and yeah. eternal life is ours if we continue in that position. Okay, if we don't break off of that position and that belief and that faith and that understanding, then we continue to hold that position no matter what. Um, but practically, uh, how we're interacting with the world around us, we still live in a world that is dominated by sin. Mm-hmm. We still live in a world that is completely and utterly void of the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing that in our day and in our age more and more, that sin is in like every generation. It's growing. It's growing in strength. It's growing in power. And it's growing in um, in its severity and its destruction mm-hmm. on mankind. And only Jesus can save us positionally and practically from that posi- from the power of sin. Uh, but at the same time, positionally, I have to free myself, right, right, from that domination of sin. And that's what Paul's talking about. Thank God Jesus Christ can free me from this mm-hmm. domination of sin and death, from this slavery to sin. It's only through Jesus that that can happen. Mm-hmm. Now, his... The, the argument he's making here is as opposed to the law, mm-hmm. right? If I, if I choose to say the law can free me from the power of sin and the law can free me from the domination of sin, the answer is no. No, right. it cannot. Uh, Paul's like, I've been living this way for a long time and it cannot break the power of sin in my life. By just following the rules, I cannot break the power of sin in my life. But... The answer to breaking the power of sin is Jesus. He can do it. In fact, he's done it. He already has done it. And so I have have a choice now. Mm -hmm. I can live in the law that actually continues and perpetuates sinfulness because Mm -hmm. I notice what is sin, but my sinful nature sees what is sin and then pushes me and tempts me to do that very thing that mm-hmm. I should know I shouldn't do. That's what the law does. Keeps me in that cycle yeah. of, of struggle. Um, but, and, and it also dominates my life with sin because I want to try to strive in my relationship mm-hmm. with God to do it apart from him. Mm-hmm. That in the law, I can say, if I just keep this on my own, then I can live without you. Mm-hmm. But in Christ, Paul says the opposite is true. In Christ, the power has been broken, the domination has been broken, and I can now live in obedience to God's law in the way that I should, and that is by the power of the Spirit, which you'll get into in chapter 8. Yeah, that's good stuff. Cool, well, I think we're going to cap it right there. It's a good kind of culmination a bit of chapter 6 and chapter 7, and and I think what's kind of cool as we read, as we have read through the book of Romans and reread it again, um, that hopefully you'll see the second time through kind of these themes always just repeating, repeating, right. repeating. You probably yeah. already saw that the first time reading it through, but then again, you're like, man, he is really 
hitting these themes. Right. Of it's not about the law, it's about Jesus. Not about yes. the law, it's about Jesus. Not about the yeah. law, it's about Jesus. Yeah. He just keeps hammering that back and forth, back and forth in that, mm-hmm. which is cool. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's, that's, that's good stuff. And as a reminder, we just restarted our reading plan. So um, it's, we're kind of going through Romans again. Yeah. Um, basically, I think we're in chapter two-ish. Yep. And right looking now. for those 12 major words. Yeah. So we have those little QR code papers mm-hmm. you can scan and it'll help take you to Blue Letter Bible. We also mm-hmm. have them on our website. You can go to our reading plans area and there's all the words there. Um, we have highlighters and pens the church you can grab or you can use your own. And um, those 12 words, it's like grace, faith, righteousness, mm-hmm. glory, um, words like that, law, sin, um, things, gospel. Believe. Um, Yep. Yeah. It's words that are pretty key within yeah. the whole um, book of Romans. And it's kind of cool when you start highlighting them or underlining them to see the connection between the words and, yep. how, and how and why Paul is using the words that he's using in those particular verses and stuff. Yeah, so. it's really good stuff. Getting yeah. to go deeper and deeper. Cool, cool. All right. Well, next week is camp. Camp. Yeah. So we may or may not do it. We podcast. will probably not have a yeah. podcast on yeah. camp week. You're going to be pulling kids in a tube. C- pulling kids on a tube. Yeah, yeah. Launching them off waves. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> That's the plan. You're going to make them free. Yes. From, from the, water. the tube. <laughs> yeah, free from the tube. I'm going to make them free. I'm going to free them and you're gonna, from the you're tube. And you're going to do a little baptism practice. We're gonna be they are going to go underwater. <laughs> and they come up. And go, <gasps> they will be thankful for new life. Yes. yes. <laughs> So it'll be it'll be a it'll be a cool baptism. Hey, who yes. wants to get baptized in the tube? Yes, yes. <laughs> Mark will dump you off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll be good. So thank God for life jackets. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. That's the Holy Spirit. That's yes. the symbolism. Yes, the Holy Spirit raises right. He'll you. save you. Yeah, he'll keep you afloat. <laughs> yes, yes, he'll keep you in the new life yeah. that you now live. Yeah. All right. Well, sounds good. Well, we'll we'll see you guys all later. Yeah. See you, everyone.